Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport podcast. We are here with our co-host, Earl Kunkel. Oh, hello. How are we all doing today? <laughs> it's been a long day. So, Earl, tell me, what do you feel or how do you think about Dmitry Klokov? Oh, so, great athlete, right? What was did he win a gold in the Olympics or was he a no, silver? No, world, uh, silver world championships. But world cha- like he did legit, win a world title. Like, you know, strong. And he also has the deepest ATG squat yes. ever. Like, he, and he just stands it up no problem. But, and this is a, a good but, his transition from world-class athlete to circus strongman has been one of the greatest things ever. <laughs> ever. It's phenomenal. Like, he's just like, here, watch me lift this crazy weight. Let me pause for three seconds. Let, let's, let's just segue that if you look at the, the 2015, there's crumbs all over the place. Does Taman not eat with a napkin here? Oh, my goodness. God damn it. Man, smell so fingers. If, if you watch the 2015 World Championships, okay, so he was in the back. He was in the training hall. Okay. And during that World Championships, he did this pause below the knee snatch at 200 kilos, and it was like this seven-second pause yeah, and yeah. snatches 200 kilos. I swear he had more people watching him <laughs> right, do right. that than that were actually watching the main event. He's like... Heck on these clowns out there actually I'm winning gold this, medals. Yeah, I'm playing a social media game. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, and from there, what? He's like, hey, I want to fly here and do a clinic. Watch me lift. Yeah. Give pay me, me more $700. Mo- yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought, like, I remember, like, growing up, like, you would see, like, circuses and you'd be like, oh, what's going on with that? Or, like, you'd hear about them or, like, they'd be a thing in the movies. My biggest memory of a circus is actually, like, the second Pee Wee Herman movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I remember that. Or, like, Dick Grayson, Nightwing, and Batman, like, type of thing. Like, the circus performer. Like, now you have, like, Circus Soleil or something where it's, like, a billion-dollar, like, industry. Like, they just, like, hey, let's get every legit yeah, yeah. best circus performer in the world and we'll put them all here in this one spot prior to that it yeah. was a, literally a circus act yeah it was like sideshow like yeah. type things and it's like hey you know what when we're always looking for niche audiences like because that's what the world is anymore right yeah. niche it's novelty that's what your algorithm tells you to look at or listen to or like <laughs> that's what your feed gets when you search something and it's like well Klokov's like hey I can do that yeah I, I can create a niche yeah and you see other people doing it too, right? Like, I, I think, I think what's interesting is like he, yeah. I, I before we we came on, we talked about George Hackenschmidt, you know, inventor of the hack squat, the world's first world champion in professional wrestling. Yes. And so if if, if we're t- if we're talking about <laughs> if we're talking about uh, sideshows, you know, talking about George Hackenschmidt, uh, even Perry Rader, who was one of the first big time bodybuilders, was essentially like a sideshow circus act. And then, like, to me, Klokov was like embodying those guys and taking that to look, social media exists right now. I'm going to yep. take advantage of this and I'm going to create this huge, huge, uh, like, aura around who I am. I'm a good-looking dude. I'm shredded. I look like a bodybuilder. I'll do a bodybuilding show and then I'll host this event yeah. where we'll do, you know, power clean into a push press. Yeah. Uh and, and just be literally a circus act. I will push press what 
the guy winning the gold medal is going to split jerseys. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. And it, it, it's it's wonderful from an entertainment standpoint. Right. And then sometimes I think I don't know if he is. He probably is like gas or whatever. Oh, and people are like, oh, on. he's on. It's like that's the whole point. Like Yo, he's trying to put on a show. Like that's, that's my whole thing. <laughs> is that is that if we look at uh, the the circus acts. In that regard, it's like you have this this tested division, circus acts and craziness over here. They they're probably going to make more money. Yeah, and that's okay, because they're they're coming onto the stage just to entertain. That's it. Yeah, it, it's not like it's not like I'm Sty Stallone, for example, and I'm going to star in Rocky, and I want six pack abs at seventy years old and like right, these huge right. muscles. Like, what do you think? How do you think that's happening? Like right. their diet's just so spectacular. <laughs> No, they have great doctors that tell them exactly what to take. <laughs> and they eat sort of well and sleep decently, but take yeah. a shit ton of gas. <laughs> There's, and, hey, more power to you. Live long. Make life as fun as possible. Exactly. So that takes us into oh, yeah. the Reddit question uh, posed to us around vertical jump-based training. Yeah. And, and what, do, you know, what do we think about vertical jump-based training? Um, so how how can we improve vertical jump? Is it that important? You know, I heard somewhere, I could be making this up. It was probably on. It was definitely on the internet. I heard it. that the you vertical it you jump. Read it? I probably read it, knowing me. <laughs> the vertical jump is the highest predictor in the NFL Combine of success, more than the forty-yard dash, more than the the L or the yeah. shuttle run. Yeah. That that one movement tends to predict success more than anything else. I don't That's know. surprising. I would actually think it would be the shuttle. Do you? Yeah. I wonder if it matters by position then, too. Yeah, I would be interested to see how they broke that down, especially with the like research. Like I said, I, I can't back this up. I'm just saying it's like hearsay. It's like I'm an unreliable I, narrator. I here. think uh, from the bare bones, like if I got a group of high school kids or middle school kids or even, even uh, elementary school kids, especially elementary school, if I was... Let's pretend I'm in China or I'm in you know the 1970s in the Soviet Union, and I'm trying to 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 channel people into okay. their proper uh, their their proper realm of of performance based off of their their power output, based off of their their body type. Um, if I would see somebody put up a huge uh, vertical jump, let's say they're in middle school, sixth grade, and they they can vertical jump like. 25 to 30 inches at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would immediately try and think of uh, weightlifting or actually wrestling or shot put hammer, now, hammer throw. If, I, if there was no I'm professional curious, football. Why wrestling? Because, like, I think of a jump and that's like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And wrestling needs a lot of. I, I would think about it from the aspect of how big are they? And then also. Okay. Wrestlers who tend to be really, really explosive, they change the sport, they change the game, and and they can develop the endurance. They're, they're okay. always, there's always going to be guys, in, and Burroughs is one of these guys, some of the best ever, Sashiev was similar, a Russian guy, that they would always gas like with the last minute of a yeah. match, or the last, like, the second to last minute of a match, they would purposely gas so that that last minute, they would just Give it everything. I gotcha. And so if you if you are explosive enough in wrestling, 
you can do so much damage in the first, if we're talking about freestyle now, the first two to three minutes of a match that it, it won't even matter. If you're explosive enough, you can end a match in two minutes. All right, so guy. not all of us are gifted at 12 years old. We're jumping 25 inches. You know? right. How then do we see someone that's like maybe 18 inches, which is still probably pretty yeah, legit, good. Yeah. and develop that? Like, do we sit there and say, all right, kid, like, go ahead do this plyometric series or do we just say like, you know what, go do this sport, like don't worry about it. Like, how do we deal with that? I, I think at that point it becomes, um, you've got to look at their parents. If, if we're still playing the game, I'm in the Soviet Union or China. Okay. <laughs> how tall are their parents? How tall are their siblings, That if they have older siblings? What's their work ethic like? What's their parents' background uh, in work? Uh, because I think that plays a big role. If they're factory workers, they they have the uh, they've passed on a trait of development and of work ethic that it's okay to do the same redundant task over and I over gotcha, again. I got you. I got you. So you take somebody who's who's a factory worker, and it's a lot easier to de develop those children into some something like weightlifting because it's so redundant. Whereas somebody who's a little bit more I don't want to say cerebral, but somebody who's like a white collar worker, they're going to be, uh, they're going to have to do things that they're, they're a little more scatterbrained. So, so a sport like football or something might, might actually cater towards their. Are, are you talking about closed system sports and open system yes, sports? Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And so, so wrestling would, would, would pair well with somebody who is, um, to a point white collar, to a point. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but. But catering towards that that uh, goldfish memory, because those you know that that does cater towards that, where it's like they they've got to be entertained by various All right, degrees. So going down the wrestler vertical jump, we're looking at that power output. Yeah. Now I'm thinking wrestling too. Like I'm in weird positions. Like there's at times I'm on a single leg, and like so am I doing all bilateral? Like it's just how high can I jump, or how am I doing more? to express that vertical capacity, that power output, in like, I don't know, weird positions. Like, look at me, I'm a contortionist. How am I in a split and still being strong as can be? Right, um, I think that's a good question. I think it, it actually, ironically, today we filmed a, one of our videos which is on explosive, uh, explosive training for wrestlers. And what one of the things that we've done here is you know put a power elastic at a high height and you put your leg in that that you know your leg might be up this high like forward in front of the body or like, like you're 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 raising your foot up okay. and you're facing this way okay and then doing work laterally so it's almost like a defensive like, yeah, position somebody, right someone has your leg somebody gets like, an ankle pick or something sweeps you and you get picked up uh, it's how to get out of that you know how how can you initiate a strong scramble from that from that precarious position. And so I think that as strength coaches, we've got to figure out, um, one, where are they strong, where are they weak? But then two, we have to talk to their, their technical coach or observe uh, their training if we're talking about wrestling specifically and sit there and say, all right, th their offense isn't that good. They, they do, the, you know, they, they or, or actually uh, the other way around. Their defense isn't that good. They tend to be really offensive, but if they take a bad shot, somebody can counter, okay. get a good shot. They might ankle pick them. And so now we can understand that this individual has a good offense. They don't have a great defense. They might, they might get into that position, especially in folk style, 
and, and, and differentiating between. I the, love how you call it folk style. I'm going to start calling it Bob Dylan wrestling now. <laughs> <laughs> but now we can play the game of all right. We've got to improve in that position. We got to improve unilaterally. We got to improve bilaterally and power output from all of those positions. And hope that their technical coach has done their job. So with Woody Guthrie wrestling, like <laughs> that's like you know that's like your middle schoolers, your high schoolers, D one college kids. But the D one college kids, I'm assuming, if they're winning nationals, they're going for all Americans. Like they're doing freestyle or Greco Roman yeah, too. Yeah. Like every time I, especially now when I watch like freestyle, like it's all on the feet. Like yeah, it's, it's constantly on the feet. It's attack, attack, attack. Yeah. And then like you see someone like get them in whatever role and it's just boop, boop, yeah, boop, like over. alligator over and over again. How does that transfer like that complete offensive mindset transfer to like your vertical jump? Like how does it, what is there, do you have like some data or some sort or just something in your mind that you see? Well, that it goes I, to that. I think based off of like the new rules, new newer, you know, 2015, 20 end of 2014 rules for for freestyle, uh, when when it changed to UWW, when the rules changed to pushouts and and getting put on the shot clock and uh, just constant action. Uh, I think it's important for all strength coaches to sit there and say, all right. <clears throat> Essentially, these rules at the time, if you, if you ask me, uh, those rules at the time were developed for people like Jordan Burroughs. He was a world champion, Olympic champion at the time. Okay. And they were looking at it, how can we save this sport from, from, from getting put out of the Olympics? Well, Burroughs and, and athletes like Burroughs are entertaining to watch, they're explosive, he's got great charisma, he's a good person on, on the camera. That right? entertainment sounds like circus acts again. So. Okay, so I'll, I'll be aware of that. <laughs> but taking that, if we're gonna work in the 86K or, or 92s, 90, 96, 97s, depending if we're Greco or, or freestyle, and then the supers, the heavyweights, I think you've gotta establish, okay, we've gotta be really explosive with, with vertical jump. The vertical jump will show us who has the fastest rate of coordination. Okay. How quickly can you change direction and recruit and, and propel yourself vertically? And if I can do that vertically, uh, biomechanically, I'm going to be able to do it, you know, in a, in a forward. Like a broad jump. Yeah, in a forward position. Gotcha. And if I, can do it, if I can do it bilaterally, my neural drive is also should be capable of doing that unilaterally as well. And so if we can set that up. Now we can sit there and say, all right, my, my clean should be this base level. My back squat should be this base level. My single leg squat should be this base level. And then you have a base level, and then you have a point of diminishing returns. And in the meantime of developing all the absolute strength, you're also developing uh, reactive, reflexive, uh, plyometric work to cater towards that. And that's where it's like initially understanding that um, – being super coordinated, especially okay. in a sport like wrestling now, where it's entertainment based, it's 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 trying to keep people in entertained. Um, I know I watch the flow wrestling videos that they put on right, YouTube. It's, it's a higher speed. And my seventy-year-old father loves wrestling, but like would only ever watch it on. I want to say it like ESPN would put on like the college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like never see it. I'm like, let me get you like. 
flow the flow network and he's like no 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 like all boomer like i don't do technology <laughs> but he comes down my house yeah. and i literally search like a youtube video of like some wrestling and i hit play because i know he'll just the algorithm will just, just keep playing it <laughs> yeah, the videos and he'll just sit there and watch it without moving i, th I think that's the benefit with the whole with the whole the all, a lot of the new rules is that you've got to be offensive they don't they you you're not you know so, so going back to your vertical jump question right is that you're trained now to take advantage of the physical uh capabilities that you have oh you're extremely explosive well we want to see it on display right put right. it on display hammer the dude on the head take some shots take some risk and that's the whole thing the greats burrows henry cejudo those guys always no talk about Henry Cejudo is one of the few guys who was an Olympic champ in 2008 and then won won two different UFC uh, titles. Oh wow! Um, and 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 he's a good example, and Burroughs is a good example of if you take risks, you reap the reward of those right. risks. And so I think that's where the like, UWW didn't know what they were doing, but they were basically setting it up, saying like. Use your physical prowess to take those risks, and you'll see the benefits based off the sport. And I think that that's the common theme in all sports, if, if you've got it. I, I know we're talking about, like, the vertical jump and, like, that explosiveness and rate of coordination, but you keep bringing up these rule changes, and it just makes me think about how do the parameters of the sport impact the athlete and, or, I guess... Your old Soviet, your Chinese model, right? As you say, like when you're selecting, like, hey, we think based off your skill sets, what you have, like what you're demonstrating will direct you here. Yeah. How do those rules then sort of impact that direction? I think it just comes back to like, I mean, the old rules were there was no push outs there, you know, it was a little bit more ground based, slightly more ground based for wrestling. But I think, I think in all sports, you know, you've got to think about the rules are going to be established by whoever's got power um, and whoever's, you know, essentially popular at the time. So I, th I think the rules play a huge role in everything. Yeah. It's like you can control you can control a subset of a population uh, because you don't want them to succeed based off of your rules. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the NFL is a good example. You can look at the NFL in the 50s and the 60s. That's heavy, dude. Like, but e even yeah. even same same thing with the NBA. Yeah, the NBA when they threw in the three-point line and then they moved it back even further. Right, it changed the game um, because of direct groups of people participating in the sport. You know, they they worked harder, they were more focused on those those things, and and then that forced the change in the rules. Uh -huh. And equality and civil rights also forced right, change right. in the rules too. But but it was essentially like, oh. Wow, we have a lot of people that can run really quickly and they work their ass off and they're not giant turds who blame everybody else for all their life problems. Right. Let's implement more passing. And then now we have today. Yeah. I mean, that's a very, very simplified <laughs> and analysis. Football too, protect the brain. Too. Yeah, protect the, blame, the, the brain, but we'll add an extra game. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few more hits. It won't do anything it's to okay. you. It's okay. Long term, you'll be fine. That's like... Oh, so I have someone at at work, at my, like what I do like during the day, who I was telling them how I had my son lifting, and yeah. my son's six, and they're like, is that safe? 
and go, what do you think about playing football? And I just walked away from him. Yeah, what do you think about playing football? <laughs> what do you think about eating at Burger King? Yeah, it was like, I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Like, like I deal with the the one of the best in the world at what right. it does. Like, I learned yeah. from type of thing. I'm like, you think I'm going to set my six-year-old to be hurt? Like, what type of father do you think I am? Anyway, terrible, a terrible father. sooner. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the other thing is, like, you start learning how to throw or lift or wrestle and, and learn body control earlier. The sooner we learn that before contact sports, the better. I don't think you should be allowed to play contact football until you've been involved with body control athletics for three to four years. So body control athletics, like gymnastics, and even not like high level, like, hey, let's learn Just how to do roll. Rolling, tumble roll. properly. Um, can you jump off? A flight of steps and land on your feet. Yep. Or a and then can you jump off and land without collapsing? Yeah. And, you know, speaking of vertical jumps, one of my favorite things to watch little kids do to, like, strength train is jump off things and just watch yeah, what yeah. happens. Yeah. Like, do they totally collapse? <laughs> like, do the hips just go down and, like, the rear end just hits the ground? Do yeah. they fall forward? Or do they, like, land it and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's like, um, you know, going back, that, going back to the vertical jump, it's like if, if you have younger athletes that you can see that in, I think it's a good gauge. It's a simple gauge for, for, for getting people to understand body control, getting athletes to understand body control, and even putting them into contact sports. Okay. You can't, you can't execute a, a vertical jump in a, in a short counter movement. You got you to you play flag football. I w so... We can't not talk about the jump and talk about Jake, too. Okay. Because he's like, you want to talk about, like, sideshow performance type yeah, of stuff. Like, he can do that when, it, when it's like, do something jumping. Like, the two bounds up the flight of steps. Yeah, that, that was the craziest thing he's ever done. The, what, this, is it 61 or 63 box, like, one step? 63 in, inches. Into a box he jump? He has a world record for the box jump. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he has. I mean, he, I've seen him do a backflip onto a 28-inch box. Yeah, that's and land it perfectly. <laughs> it's insane. And like that speaks to me. It speaks to a few things. One, he's fearless. Yeah. And then two, the other thing is like you look at Jake and you don't see someone who lifts the weights he lifts. No. Now a little bit more, but when he was young, you didn't. But he always jumped like that. Yeah. So like it goes more back to your point when I'm sort of when they're young because. You were dealing with him maybe a little bit older than middle school or around yeah, middle seventh school? seventh grade. Yeah. But you could see that jump despite that, Jake, you're skinny. Yeah, you're skinny, you, you got long legs. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Strong well, as can be, though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, you know, early on I identified, you know, what did he do? I used to ask him, what do you guys do? Like, how do you, how do you work on your jumping? Because he used to do these things where he would sort of tease my old dog, Anton, where Anton would stand in the middle of the turf at the barn um, and he'd stand there, and we actually have an old video on YouTube, like this really old video that Jake still has, where Jake runs up, does like a sidekick backflip twist into a, and lands it, and for some reason, Anton used to bark at him, and he would chase him, like, like just get mad. <laughs> he didn't care when he did backflips, but he cared when he did that. And so Jake would screw around and do that when he was in like 7th and 8th grade, and I would always say, like, how did you figure this stuff out? Because he, he never did gymnastics. He was always just wrestling. Okay. And he's like, dude, we were on the trampoline. We're on the tramp all the gotcha. fucking time. And so it's like, I think, I think when, and, and talking with, with 
high-end uh, gymnastics coaches, they'll say the same thing. If you can get kids who are on the trampoline for hours in the summertime, dude, they figure out crazy because they start playing horse on the trampoline. I got gotcha. you. And it, so it teaches them how to land. It teaches them how to jump. And it it's teaches them safe too, right? It, yeah, it's very safe, As, especially now with the nets on the side. Yeah. You know, when we were growing up. We didn't have the you side went nets. Off the side. Yeah, you would literally fall off the side and break <laughs> your arm. Or neck, and now they actually have like side jumps, the the side nets, so it's even crazier, and so a lot of that stuff goes back to uh, learning at an early age. And if you, if you can establish with kids, it's like, dude, there's only so much um, before twelve. Essentially, what happens with your body is your body is is determining what do I need to be good at to succeed and to survive. Okay. Okay, so a farmer uh, raises their kid and they're on the farm and they're carrying bales of hay, they're, they're carrying water. So they have farm strength because their body believes for them to survive, they have to do all these tasks. One little thing with that, they also have crazy strength endurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy. strength Absurd. endurance. Like, and they actually might not, they might not hypertrophy either. They can do sets of 20 to 25 and you get a farm boy and it's hard to get them to actually get bigger because their muscular density is so pronounced because their whole life has been based around extreme absolute strength or extreme strength endurance. Over like 12 hour days. Like, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about going yeah. and running your marathon? Yeah, it's not like, a run. It's, it's like, <laughs> like literally, we got to move bales of hay for the next 10 hours. Yeah. And so you, you start to play around with that and then you realize that like before you hit puberty, your body is preparing for survival. And so it's basically like what you have to survive for over those 12 hey, to Darwin. 13, 13 years <laughs> is what your body's going to be able to adapt to. And so you take somebody like Jake, who from the age of six to 10 or 11, he was doing manual labor, but he was also doing tricks on the trampoline. Yeah. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be most accustomed to adapting to. So it's like realizing that and how, how, parents can have a massive impact on their children just by making them be more active. Yeah, and one of the key things I heard too, you talked about play. Like yeah. he was out there playing, like yeah, having fun. go play, be free, be creative, right? Yeah. Like come up with these moves. And like science proves that too. Like if you do stuff with education, like play is one of the best ways to learn anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, go out and have fun. Exactly. Playing video games, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Sometimes. Sometimes, love one all day, every day. If you're all in that, so we have three questions. We're gonna start with this. Oh, one. we're this, we're gonna hit these questions. Up. Yeah, I'm gonna start with illustrious. Is it is his name Ad eight nine nine eight? Um, why should field athletes train bilaterally? Ooh. squats, deadlifts, ollie lifts, ply ploys, plyos. When you are pretty much always on one leg which every coach nowadays says you should do unilateral work, but where's the need for bilateral training? Why okay. should I squat, Dane? Why should I? Okay, so you're a football player, you're a lacrosse player, you're on a field and you're on an open-skilled sport, and, and essentially what our, this is off of our subreddit, so if you want to post some questions, go to the subreddit, uh, r backslash garage strength. Uh, so... I, I believe you, you can't just look at it, and this is where a lot of mistakes I think are had where it's like, 
okay, based off of uh, when you're doing this movement, you're only in a single leg, so you should just always do like this sport-specific movement. It should always be unilateral. And I think you have to look at it from how, how are you being forced to adapt as an athlete? And, and so if we were talking about football or lacrosse, it's, and it's, football is a little more prevalent because even though if you're in a, in a movement in American football where, where you're an offensive lineman and you're in a bilateral position where your back leg might be back a little bit more in a three-point stance, you're still going to be able to overload your body with a ton of weight, more so bilaterally. Okay, so if I, now, to be fair, I'm gonna clear this up. Unilaterally, I might be able to single leg squat 315 on my right, 315 on my left. So in reality, you might say, well, that's 630 total. But if I'm in a bilateral position, I could put 450, 500 pounds on my back based off my single leg squat, that's gonna force more dynamic uh, control of my trunk. It's gonna force uh, a little bit more reactiveness from my, from my upper body and, and from my hips and mobility in my hips and my ankles and all that stuff. So if we're talking about absolute strength, that transfers really well to unilateral work. It also does transfer really well to other movements that involve technical coordination. So I think it's important that and there are times where you might be in a bilateral position, you know, if you're a rugby player, a football player, even sometimes soccer, where you are implementing a large amount of force bilaterally. But I think we've got to look at it as tools. And the unilateral aspect, bilateral, they're all tools that we can utilize to improve that sports performance. It's like you say that, and I immediately thought there's this one, like, pro video game player named Sonic Fox, is what they call themselves. And they play... Mortal Kombat 11, like whatever NetherRealm game is, Injustice or whatever, they dominate when they're into it. But they also play like, is it Guilty Gear? And they play like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and it's saying like, well, I should only play this one game and not do all these other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, get out of here, go play do ball. more stuff. And I bet they are so much better at the one yes. because they do the other. Yeah. You know. And I think it's similar. Yeah. All right. This one's more pie in the sky, and I'm curious about this. Where do you see yourself in five years as oh, Green fuck. Lingonberry 6'6"? I didn't think we're... Wait, say that again? No, Wait. it's it's Lingonberry. He didn't... Oh, Lingonberries. Th yeah, they this didn't... This dude's into antioxidants. He loves antioxidants. Yeah, they did not... Um, there was no Dingonberry there. So he just... 6'6", six, six, Route 66. <laughs> Get your kicks. That's a, that's a great album, by the way. Oh, yeah? From uh, Bob Dylan, your boy. Route oh, 66 he's Revisited. He's not my boy. Well, I just, I'm just saying he's that. that. He's that like boomer folk star. Like. No, no, but that <laughs> album is sick. That album is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Route 66 Revisited. Anyway, where do I see myself in five years? Pie in the sky? Pie in the sky or reality? Or just my... my, my uh, if you can't see it up here, how's it ever going to uh, be out there? Yeah, I think the way I see it is that it's, it'll... I think for me... I am a pie in the sky guy, right? And I, th I think that I, I see myself like creating, uh, I really do like creating YouTube videos. I like putting out content. Uh, I think we're gonna have multiple different channels on YouTube. I also think that we're gonna have certification courses uh, on site here at Garage Strength where people can come in and get certified by us based off of our results. Um, I think we're going to have online courses. I think we're going to we're going to really cater well towards the strength and conditioning realm of coaching, and then also towards athletes that need their help. Uh, I, I see some big, uh, I, I, you know, I want to develop a couple really big things to reach a larger audience. 
because uh, I think one of the things for me growing up, I always wanted to, to you know, have this world-class coach that I could just buy into all the time, and I want to provide that. You know, looking back, I'm like, I want to provide that for for somebody who lives in northwestern Montana that might never be exposed to somebody like me. I want to be able to reach that individual. So I think, you know, dominating the, the – I love making videos. I love making YouTube videos because no one can talk back to me. I can just talk as much <laughs> as I want. Um, and, and like we've we've talked about in the past, like I just want people to like me. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a lot – I have a whole product line laid like out. I you need a shirt. With your picture, I just, want, just people says, like I just want people to like me. <laughs> I was making a great shirt, <laughs> or at least a meme. Someone has to make that. <laughs> but, Come on, subreddit, you can do it. <laughs> but I think too, it's like uh, you know, if, if for the next four to five years we're going to come out with a really big product, um, ideally we would be in a place where we have some app of some sort, and then we have our yearly event, uh, the Garage Strength Games, right? Oh, and yeah. it's like that's like the the dream, and and. Dude, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I want to make a lot of money, but at the at the end of the day, like, I want to make a lot of money so I can buy like Indian food, like, <laughs> or like employ people to hang out with me, so like I can pay them well to like hang out and just talk about training. Wear gym shorts. Yeah, that's gonna be my five year plan. Nice. <laughs> I just want to put out there. Everyone thinks you train like you do train the elite athletes down there. But when I, when I came in to like shoot this today, there's like 10 year old, 12 year old kids down there lifting too. And you're training them as well. And you're talking like, how to say it, like Haley's doing a lift and then you're looking at this kid like the same way. And, you're, and it's the same exact training. <laughs> it's the same exact like answer. Your expectations are always like, all right, this is what they're capable of. These are their numbers type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But still, I just, sometimes I wish people could see you deal with like someone who's going to the Olympics and then the 12-year-old like, <laughs> who's just started, and it's like, there's essentially, like, no difference at the base. Like, of course, there's, the athlete yeah, knows yeah, more, there's a more relationship, yeah. but at the base, it's just like, you're getting the same work ethic from me that I'm giving them. Yeah, I had one time, I had a woman standing at the front desk, and I was really laying into Junior, like, well, he's kind of elite now. Well, no, this is like a year and a half ago. So he's probably like 12 and a half, 13. Oh, when he only squatted 200 kilos. <laughs> and I was like screaming at him. And she said to Legend, uh, is this how he treats all of his athletes? And he was like, I mean, he pretty much expects like the absolute most out of, out of his athletes. And if you don't give him that, like that's what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like. Well, really? But like, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think for me, we're, and maybe it's delusion, right? Is that like, dude, I, I look at every person and, and I think this is why a lot of athletes that are like world-class, they don't come train with me. They, they, cause I know them, okay. you know, and they respect me, but they're scared to come in and train. They, they don't actually want to be as good as they say. Whoa. So they don't want to do it. I feel like he's throwing a, he's No, I'm throwing a lot of shit yeah, at everybody. Because you don't have Let the me balls to come deal with Let me, me because I'm relentless. And that's, that's my... I don't think you're hard to deal with. You don't think that because you got problems. Like, <laughs> my, my athletes will tell me, like, he tells me all the time. Jason will tell me all the time. He's like, dude, you're... What did you call me the other day? You said I was, like, psycho... Oh, psycho Gorman. No, that's... He called me a sociopath. Oh, man. Because I'm so relentless, and it's like if, if I have in my mind the vision of where this individual can go, 
I know what I need to do to get them there, and I, I know you. what they need to do to get there. And if they're not doing their part, I'm going to be mad. I, I like the like villain turn there you just made. Your heel turn, right? <laughs> if we're going with... Yeah. This was a gift. I'm so happy about this. Should we got one more question? Yeah, we got one more. This one's easy. Cold shower, hot shower after workout to reduce soreness and tightness over next two days. And this is from Delicious Collars, 64 That's to, uh, I actually think it's harder because you got to go based off your time of day. So if you're going to be training in the evening, you don't want to take a cold shower later in the day because it can actually throw off your circadian rhythm, which can impact your sleep negatively. So I would say, typically I would say post-workout warm shower, uh, next morning cold shower. All right, it's easy. Let's be my easy, my That's easy. our three we got for today. So if you guys want to pose more questions, head over our, what is it? R, the Reddit? Yeah. I don't know what the, it's R like slash, R slash. Backslash, it's like I'm typing in my, my code. I used to have the C colon backslash on my old, my yeah. old uh, uh, like 486 uh, processor. Anyway. Was that a dial-up modem too or was that <laughs> Before that, that before that. So if, if you guys want to post more questions, head over to our subreddit at r backslash garage strength. And if you want more comments, you want, if you want to provide more questions, click on the link down below. Actually, you don't even have to click on the link. You just have to comment on our YouTube comments. We'll answer them directly so that we can help you become a master of your sport. Until next time, guys. Peace.